Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Well, hello there. And how are you? I'm great, honey. What are we doing? Well, we're doing our podcast. Culture Pop? Where we talk nonstop. Oh, my God. You look like a DJ. Oh, thank you. I think in another life, you would love that job. I think so, too. I, I can do see really like 1960s music. era hippie Jillian, and she gets control of like her college radio, you know, radio station. It's like, yeah. I'm broadcasting. And she does the Black Power Fist, because of course you would. Yes. Where am I in this situation? In a library somewhere. Probably as like a librarian's assistant. When I was a kid, I used to call it library. Of course but you every, did. But every kid did that. You know what? I, I called my computer the P-Pewter. That's my dad's favorite thing to say. I had When I was a kid, I had a problem with my P's and my B's. So instead of saying a parking space, I would say barking space. <laughs> I can't. We all had our dumb little kid things. Oh, I also, okay, two more little things, actually, about um, Kid Jillian. I wrote all of my S's and my Z's and my P's and my B's and my D's backwards. Oh, I still have to think about that, too. Right? And then um, when we learned cursive, (laughs) I wrote everything was one word. So, like, if the sentence was, today I saw a dog in cursive, that would all be one word. Like, I connected all of the words So, like, today is, like, today I saw a dog was all one word. Briefly, when I was a kid, I would do that, but with numbers. Oh, no. What? How? I would just make a little tiny swivel from the one to the two, and then to the, yeah, it was terrible. Because I thought, because I saw cursive, I thought, well, if that's how you're supposed to do it, it must be the same with numbers. And my dad quickly shut that shit down. He was like, stop doing that right now. I was like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> you got it, Daddy-O. I mean, he told me, well, he told me what to do it, so I was like, okay, well, I was a good boy. So, of course, I did what my father told me to do, you know? Yeah. I wasn't a rebel like you who, like, snuck out at night. I did not sneak out at night. Well, you would say that because you're covering up your tracks. Going on late night here, rides with your friends. See, and my dad's the type of guy, if you asked him, like, he heard this and then you asked him, he'd be like, yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, your dad's awesome. He when he wants to be. Yeah, I was going to say, when he wants... Like, but that's just like anyone, but yeah. He's still a you know, doting father. Did he ever try to do the whole, like, hey, uh, I can be your friend? Or was he just, you know, like, I'm your father and I don't I'm think doing an Obama voice for some reason? I think, I think the whole I am your father thing, but he also made it clear that, you know, everything was fine, nothing in life is that serious type of thing. But he also was working a lot, so... Oh, my dad too. Yeah. So yeah, it's just one of those things. And my dad was in the military, so it was like it was oh, my dad too. Yeah, so there was Ish. there was a no, lot. Yeah. yeah, so there was a lot. But I think I think he would have. I think he's he's more like he, there's got to be business, but also nothing in life is to be taken that serious. Because yeah, when you say nothing in life should be taken that serious, what do you what did what do you mean and what did he mean? I think he meant like like anything that's making you upset. Like he's just like yeah, I'm your dad, or like. Yeah, the, we need to do these things, but, like, you know, like, those things, like, you do the things that need to be done, like, business stuff or, like, the stuff that you that you need to do to, like, get your basic needs met, but, like, in the grand scheme of things, like, it's not, like, it's not the end of the world if you don't do that one thing, if that makes sense. My dad was, well, uh, put it, okay, well, put it this way, um... We, I have a slightly skewed version of that philosophy, mm-hmm. by which I mean almost the opposite. Although it's getting better, but there was once a time where if I lost five bucks, like my day was ruined. 
I remember that. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's my $5, and I lost it. God oh damn it. Oh, my gosh. You're fine. Well... <laughs> You make more than five bucks. But still, like, five bucks I'll never, ever get back. But oh I'm get, again, I'm getting I'm getting better, mm-hmm. and I'm learning to be more of the kind of person that's like, okay, it's in the past, let's move forward. Yes. And that's that's all you. That is all you. Yes. It's like, for example, I just, just recently I bought, like, a $6 steak because it was on sale, and I, was, and I thought to myself, this is great. I'm going to cook this and eat this, and it'll be, it'll be great, and I'll give the fat to our dog because I'm not eating that. And it was good for, it said it was good for, like, until, like, for, like, five, six days, and then it went bad, like, on the second day. Mm-hmm. So I, I just threw it out. Old JJ would have been, you know, I was like, well. Would have cried, would have complained to the grocery oh, store. I would, no, 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 no. I would not complain to the grocery store, because I know that if meat goes bad before the expiration date, it's more likely your fault, because you're not storing it. Properly. Properly, or when you transport it, it took too long. It's a, it's a bunch of different factors. Also, old me would have still eaten that because I smelled it and it was a, it smelled slightly off, mm-hmm. so I just threw it away. Old me would have been all like, "Oh no, I'm powering through this. I'm eating this steak. I bought it. I'm gonna eat it." And which is fine because I have a scrap iron stomach and I have a good good immune system. For I was now. Th- I was thinking about that. Touche. I was thinking about that when we were walking. Mm-hmm. The last time I got sick, I remember it was it was like well, two three months ago, uh-huh. and I remember one night. I was just like it was. It felt really bad, and you were talking to me about stuff that about just random stuff that that we need to do like in the future. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just like, "Please God, shut up!" And because <laughs> and like I got up and I just started like hitting things. Remember yeah. that? Oh, and throwing I do things. remember that. I do remember. Because I was just so so frustrated. Like I felt terrible, and you were and basically I was like, I don't want to think about anything right now. Like nothing. I just want to like zone the just zone out. But I remember I was. Like, I was just like, I remember just thinking to myself, like, I am so not used to this. This whole, like, feeling icky and sneezy and always having to get up to go to the restroom or, or I'm sorry, getting up to blow your nails or whatever. So, honey, that's you every three, every three weeks. With that being said, though, at the same time, my, my whole thing is life doesn't wait for you to be better. So if there are things that need to be done... Whether you're sick or not, those things still need to be done. Like, like the world isn't just going to stop just because you're sick. But that's a whole nother conversation. My, my point was, it's like, my point was, I was just so not used to it. Because I'm not even lying when I say I only get sick, like, once every five years. Yes. And I have a, I have a great immune system. But every, every, every like, every half, every half a decade, a re- um, I come in contact with a super virus. And the super virus just takes over. And I'm like, oh, down I go. And since I don't get sick, when I do get sick, it hits me hard. I can hear comments already because people are just like, oh, but for guys, when we get sick, we turn into babies. <laughs> but Wait, also, what? No, seriously. Who's no, saying this? No, that's like, that's just a stereotype. It's dumb. But, I have never heard that one. That when guys get sick, they turn into babies? Yeah. Hmm, that's new. But with that being said, also when I'm sick, like I'm sitting here just like, okay, I'm going to text the manager of the place that I work. Okay, I'm going to make myself soup. Okay, I'm going to go to the grocery store, get V8, get vegetable stuff for me to be better like i'm still up and doing stuff even if i'm sick yeah but in my defense your sick is just like a bit a bit a bit uh, it's like you know a bit sniffly like oh, I don't oh no feel, i don't feel, i don't feel so good Whereas, no that is yes, not even is. true and then for me when i get when i get sick again every five years like my whole entire body is like aching i like if I, if I if i like if i just like lean forward too bad too fast i'm just i start getting dizzy you like, have to deal with that just because I'm up and doing stuff does not mean that my level of sick is not less or more of the level of sick. You literally would tell me in the past that the reason why you get sick a lot is because you're a preemie. 
preemie for premature baby that is a joke i don't know i don't i literally don't know why though and also that actually hasn't happened recently what hasn't happened recently me being sick and stuff all the time mm, i think i can't tell i can't remember so i'll just take your word for it well let me just say i haven't been complaining about it every like five days Man, and I remember, like, that sickness of mine could not have come at a worse day because it was the day that we went to a concert. I know who Panic they at are. the Disco. Panic at the Disco. And they had, and the theme of the night was, like, gay acceptance, and that was cool. It wasn't the theme of the night. That's just a thing that the, that the artist believes in. Well, I say theme of the night because there was rainbows everywhere, and they gave us those little tiny hearts with their yeah. phones. They, I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but at Panic at the Disco, they gave us every seat had a heart on it. And on the, on the instructions, it said, at this point in time, during this song, take out your phone and shine your light through the heart and just put up in the air. And so I did that. Mine was like, I think, blue, I think, blue, purple. Yeah, it was blue. And then when everyone did that, that song, every single section of the auditor- of the uh, stadium had a different color heart. And when you put all the lights up into it, it created a rainbow um, mm-hmm. effect. And I thought that was like, that blew my mind. Also, I, also by the, by the other part, I had my mind was brain dead because I was just horrendously sick. I was sick the second we touched down in Oakland, I want to say. Yep. Because I felt it. And then the whole entire time, the whole entire car, I was just sitting down and I just like, I, I need to like not move. Mm-mm. What do you mean? Mm-mm. I can't, con- it wasn't like I was like, I am not enjoying myself. I'm going to be miserable. No, I was just like horrendously just like saying, I don't know what got me. I think it was all the people being, being around me. Some sicko mm-hmm. got near me. Well, that that takes two days for it to incubate, though. Does it? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> so someone at work probably sneezed at you. Oh, you know what? Okay, I just, I just remembered what it was. Was it a child? It was. My coworker mm-hmm. brought her kid over, and he, she, he had the sniffles at the time. Oh, my gosh. That's literally it. Yeah, kids are like the kids are like the are the um, you know the harbingers of death. You know, honey, they bring they bring forth all the all the plagues. It's like you know, it's like on the black plague. They said it was made by rats. Not true, actually. It was built by the children. They, a kid bit someone, and then from there it just kind of spread. Mm-mm. That's just that's just history, honey. Yeah, but yeah. In a previous life, I think I would have been a history professor. Oh I, yeah, because I find history interesting. More specifically, I find American history very interesting. Controversial, yes, but also very, very interesting. It's uh-huh. and we it's, it's funny because I have this coworker. His name is Robert Nixon, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him, and I was like, you know what? I said to him, I think it's so cool that you have a presidential last name, and he gave me the weirdest look, and was, and he just said to me, I gotta be honest, I've never had someone tell me that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we had this back and forth, back and forth, and I was, and he was just he just told me he's like, yeah, I guess it is kind of cool, but at the same time, I wouldn't. <laughs> Nixon, mm-hmm. and you know, I told him, don't, don't feel, don't, don't write off the guy. I mean, like, yeah, he did some horrible things, but at the same time, you know, he, um, he did open up relations with China, and now they're her best buddies, and we don't owe them anything because, yeah, we're not in debt to them for like a, for trillions of dollars. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Nixon stories is actually one a college professor told me a while back. He, we, I had, I had this one college professor, and he was Japanese and a hardcore Republican. Mm-hmm. Rare combo in San Francisco, I'd say. Well, I don't know about that. But the point was, when he was younger and uh, living, still living in San Francisco, so, uh, Nixon was going for, was going around either for re-election or the first election, mm-hmm. and he was telling people 
he was telling his advisors to tell other people, gather up as much people as you can, because I'm going to be coming down to the, to, I'm landing in this airport and I want people to be there so we can do a little, you know, meet and greet. But we, I wanted to, but according to him, Nixon wanted the crowd to be big and he wanted everyone to get together to show how good the Republican Party was in San Francisco at the time. Mm-hmm. But when, it, and someone, and then my college professor, one of his friends came to him and said, hey, uh, want to go to this thing? You'll look really good if you're there because, you know, you're you're young, you're Japanese, you're a young Republican. People want people love to see that. And he goes there and Nixon does his thing and says, hi, how are you doing? And then at some point, Nixon goes off to another room to talk to some of, advi- some, to some of his advisors. The professor, I, uh, the professor, you know, who uh, I was in class with, he told me he wanted to sneak or sneak over there and just kind of spy on Nixon because he was a huge fan. And it's like, I want to go and talk to Nixon. I know not talk to Nixon. Uh, just hear about what he has to say because I'm interested. But it was a private thing. So he just stood outside the room. And according to him, Nixon was pissed because the turnout wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. And Nixon was just like yelling. He was saying, you know, fuck you motherfuckers. You goddamn stupid assholes. You, I said, bring a crowd. This is nothing. Fucking shit. And he was just like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. And I was laughing because I just thought, in hindsight, you 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 eavesdropped on Nixon, the most eavesdropping motherfucker we ever had, mm-hmm. that we know of. Mm-hmm. For all we know, Trump is like spying on me right now through that computer um, uh, cam. Probably. So. Oh, I just flipped off the, my my computer. Yes. I hope you saw that. Yes, they all did. Who's they, honey? Who is they? Exactly. The FBI. The aliens. The CIA. Oh, I was going for CIA, but you escalated <laughs> hard, honey. <laughs> Wow. From zero to a hundred real fast. Zero to hundred real quick. Who did that? Who, who, who? Drake. Drake. I use that all the time. That's, that's one of my, that's a kind of a micro meme I do. I, I say now and again, I'll, just, I'll say zero to blank real quick or zero to a hundred something, something rather. Yeah. But to this very, but up until this very moment, I had no idea who said that because I'm not hip and trendy and, uh, you know. Yeah, it was Drake. Ah, uh, man. If, oh, and by the way, she loves Drake. She loves him at his, um, at his, uh, thuggiest and she loves him at his, uh, high school Do <laughs> wheelchairness. I? Do I? You talk, you, you like him. I don't follow his career very much, though. It's funny because in the past when you t- when we talked about Drake, especially with Degrassi, you're just like, oh my god, so his character, and this and that, yeah, and I'm Julian. I, rem- I remember Degrassi, and I remember his first couple albums, but like... Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, his er- his early career I'm more familiar with. Now, not not really. This is... Okay. The, o- the last thing that I heard about him was that he got in a little trouble um, trying to mentor uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Who? Uh... Eleven from um, Stranger Things. Wait, mentor? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was just like it was just like because she's like under the age of sixteen and he's like. I get it now. An older guy. There yeah. should be a thing in Hollywood that protects young um, actors from being, well, fucked over. Yeah, fucked over, preyed upon, whatever. And I don't. It's kind of like I don't. Oh. I don't know. I didn't actually look into it. I just remember hearing. People being like, oh, they were, like, upset or, like, people were, like, weirded out about it. I don't know exactly what the heck, whatever. But, um, but, yeah. But I remember that being a thing. And I only mention that now because I said the word preyed upon. I'm not implying that he prayed or whatever. I don't know. But just generally, just the history of, um, actors and actresses being, um, like, becoming the victims of things because they they were taken advantage of by mentors of some kind at some point in their careers. I remember one time I was listening to this like pseudo podcast and it was about like, 
And he was talking about like how to invest your money or where to invest your money. And he talked about like he talked about how if you want to invest and buy or buy stocks or invest in like a company, you should do it after you're 18 because anything you make before that technically belongs to your parents or it was, it was something mm-hmm. along those lines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even investing. It was literally just like, yeah, it, it wasn't it was a thing. But yeah, also, I, if I were a child actor and, like, some random adult, even if I looked up to them and they were just like, oh, like, I want to be your mentor, I'd be like, mm. Yeah, but it's Drake. Look at him. He's, he's wholesome. He's a wholesome young man. They all, so was Bill Cosby. Did you have to go to, you had to go to Bill, didn't you? Yes. And I'm done. I'm not going to go more into that. But, oh, um, I will. So I love No, please, no. <laughs> no. Okay, just one thing. Yeah. Um, there's these guys I like to watch on YouTube and they, um, do live streams of some of their games. Yeah. And one thing they, and one game they did with Jackbox because, and of course you know what Jackbox is. And for those who don't know, it's a party game where they have fun, where they just have fun games. Mm -hmm. And one, one style you'll always see is someone like the computer will pull up a question. Like what is the worst thing to see at a truck stop bathroom? And then you would have to put out an answer. And sometimes it's very clever. Sometimes it's very raunchy. It all depends on who's answering. Mm-hmm. But one of them was what's what's the one thing you wouldn't want to see in um, in the reflection? It was it was very specific. It said, "What's the last thing you want to see in the reflection of your ice cubes in your drink, or in the ice cube?" Yeah, it was. What was the last thing you want to see in the ice cube of your drink? And then someone's response was uh, Bill Cosby's reflection. Oh no! And I just laughed, and I laughed so hard. Oh, also okay. Um, kind of related, not really related. Um, that actually reminds me of a scary, um, creepy pasta that I love to this day. Ah, oh, do tell. Um, I'm, by the way, I'm not surprised that you love creepy pastas. You know what? I was, I was kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of familiar with a lot of pop culture things. I don't like. I'm not like really, really, really into. But anyways, point is this creepy pasta, and it still freaking freaks me out sometimes to this day. But um, but it's and it's totally made up. <laughs> and I no seriously oh, they're, all, they're all made up yeah and I I read it what is it I read it on our Halloween episode of the pick your poison podcast actually mm. um should I retell it here yeah probably oh go for it honey we okay. have time it's it's like it's not even like I don't know if I'm gonna fully retell I'm just gonna give you the cliff notes cliff notes being the actual story because it's so freaking short but anyways um so the story goes um, it's told through the perspective of a babysitter um, or an older sister, whoever. Someone's taking care of a younger child. And um, they're in the house, and it's winter. And there's a snowman outside in the front yard. Um, and they're just like, okay, cool, winter day, kid's upstairs, whatever. Um, I'll let him be, do his thing, cool. Um, and they go do some stuff. They come back to the living room, and the snowman is a little bit closer to the window. And he's like, oh, fuck what it's like that's kind of weird i don't remember it being that close but whatever it's probably nothing i probably remember it wrong they go around do some more things the kid's very quiet at this point he's like okay that's kind of weird but i'm guessing he's sleeping or something um and then they go back to reading or doing whatever and they look back up and the snowman is right at the window right behind them and it's just like or right in front of them i should say and it's just like oh fuck it definitely moved. That's really fucking weird. And then they realize 
that the snowman was their dad. No, that the snowman wasn't outside. It was a reflection of what was inside. You think you'd realize a snowman's inside your place. Uh, shut up. I know. I know. But for real though. But yeah, but it was like one of those things. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know why that freaks me out so much. But it did. The, just the just the, the ending part freaks me out. But yeah, um, that's when you said reflection. I immediately thought of that. You should watch that one. There's a 90s movie, a horror movie about a snowman that goes around killing people. Oh, no. Is it Jack Frost or something? Eh, I don't remember, but I do remember. I don't remember what it was called. I all I remember about it was whenever we went to the one of the local blockbusters back when I was a kid. Oh, yes. I would see a huge, either a huge poster or a, or a bunch of copies of it. And it was the same guy with the sharp teeth. And mm-hmm. I, I thought to myself, this is interesting. Pretty what sure are, it was Jack Frost. One yeah. of my favorite things, one of my favorite things I used to do as a kid back, you know, before the internet and back when Blockbuster was like, you know, ruled the world under its mighty fist. What I would love to do is just go to the horror section and just look at the, um, look at the covers. Yeah. And seeing like, you know, seeing like a knife going, like about to stab someone or like someone screaming or like uh, some, some animal. Yeah. Because there was a lot of cheesy horror movies back then that no one remembers and nobody cares about. Well, now they're just digitally on like um amazon prime and netflix that's so true i get i get the exact same feeling when i'm scrolling and i see all those like corny little yeah so good my favorite thing oh my gosh especially when um netflix was still just like beginning like the first couple years my favorite my favorite favorite thing was to um be there with uh, my best friend tiffany we, like she would just come over and we would just choose a random 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 movie on Netflix that we have never seen before and just watch it or a random movie from my dad's giant collection of movies and they were literal DVDs like it was like before blu-ray or like when blu-ray was just beginning to come out um, my dad had been collecting DVDs he also had a couple like laser discs that like my dad is a collector of movie stuff or movies specifically just super random, just like good ones too. But anyways, we would just pick random movies and just watch them, and it was great. I'm kind of the same way. There are I still I still have a fondness for I still have a fondness for physical media, mm-hmm. which is slowly starting to edge out. I gotta say, but every now and again I watch a movie that I just love so much. I just think to myself, I need to physically own this in my hand because yeah. worst case scenario, if the sun if there's a huge solar flare and it wipes out all our digital media, I'll still have those DVDs. I want to, you know what, I want to collect, um, slowly collect the stuff from the Criterion Collection and some, like, and some of my favorites, like, like you were mentioning. You'll be doing that for 40 years, but okay. Yeah, I'll be doing that for actually my whole life. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and, oh, also to go back a little bit, Blockbuster, um, my favorite was just to get random movies. So I did the same thing at Blockbuster. I would go to the horror section. Okay, right now. Stop. Okay. It's nine. It's nine ninety five. Get to go to block. Okay, no, it's it's ninety somewhere. Get to go to Blockbuster with your parents. Yeah. You get you get one game, one movie, one snack. What do you pick? Wait, hold on. I was going to say I go to the horror section and the fantasy section and pick a random one that looked cool. Um. So, oh, what do I get? I don't know what I don't know what movie I'd get because I just got random stuff. Probably something, some weird horror thing that has a really cool premise. That's what I would get. Just something I've never heard of or seen before. And with a cool premise, I'd probably get a scary movie. Nope, that's not you. Okay. And then I would get game. I would probably get Kingdom Hearts. No shit. 
Yeah, because you, you, you want to try that out, do you? Yeah, because no, because when it first came out, I was just like, oh, that looks really cool. And then like, I just never played. That's literally me and like half of the fucking franchises and games that are out right now. I'm just like, oh, like that seems really cool. I need to like watch the playthrough of that. And then I never watch it. And then they have like they're on like sequel number five and i'm just like oh no, yeah i remember not, oh, that one okay. no just generally, oh, just generally yeah generally yeah, yeah. No, 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 yeah. and um but anyway so i'd probably get kingdom hearts to freaking figure out what that's all about and for um snack you want black twizzlers no, mean, no, no 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 i mean no, no, no black no. licorice yes no for a snack i'd probably get caramel corn okay i will accept that yes also, um, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned Kingdom. Well, just a fun little fact about Kingdom Hearts. It was you know that was literally an elevator pitch. Yeah. Like a, a huge, like an upper, a huge representative of Final Fantasy <coughs> and a huge representative of Disney were just in the same building. I think maybe in LA or New York. Mm-hmm. And then they just started talking, and they thought, "I have an idea," and the rest was history. Ooh. Okay, so same question for you. What would you get? Okay, I already know what I want. I want those. I want the Nestle Crunch. The Nestle Crunch. Not the crust. Not the Nestle Crunch bar. The Nestle Crunch individual little tiny pebbles. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, know, you know the one that shakes around in the box? Yeah. Oh my, oh my, we always got those. I love those. Mm-hmm. I would get that. As for the game, I would probably get... You know what? I'd get Pokemon Snap. Because I have... I've, I rarely ever played that game. It's one of the few like Pokemon games that like is, that, that I never really get to play. Mm-hmm. And as for the movie... Hmm, I... You know what? I'm going to say Godzilla. Because that's actually kind of movie... That's the kind of movie I want to see right now, generally. I still want to see Godzilla. Yeah. It's going to be out of theaters soon. I still want to see Moz, and then I also want to see, um, we both want to see Child's Play. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But I remember, I remember going back, go back at Blockbuster, I used to love going to the Godzilla section, because they had a huge Godzilla section where, mm-hmm. where I went to, and I would always get Godzilla. Mm-hmm. And dumb little me, like for me now, I love a good story. Mm-hmm. I love a good stru- uh, uh, three-act structure. I love a good, like, you know, multi-characters with their own individual, like, whatever's. Yeah. But I think as a kid, I was a dumb little shit, so when I got, whenever I got a... Godzilla movie, mm-hmm. I would just fast forward through all the scientists' talkie bits and just get to the part where they started fighting. Oh, of course you did. Oh my I, gosh. I just wanted to see Godzilla whoop a cunt and he did and it was fun. Meanwhile, I would be like, I want to know the science-y thing. Now I'm, the, now I'm a little bit of the opposite. It's like back when we, it's like uh, back in Game of Thrones heydays. If, like every season of Game of Thrones at least had one episode that was just all action because mm-hmm. like it was, it was a, a huge battle or something. Yeah. And while I did enjoy it, at the same time, I was like, but there's no political conflict. <laughs> and, which, I, which, I, which I love, which I, which I loved seeing. I love them, like, you know, getting, backstabbing each other, going behind each other's backs to undermine um, whoever was in charge. It was, I, thought, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is. The way that they, the way that they um, set things up um, was very smart and interesting and entertaining. Because there was always something at stake whenever they talked. Like, they, they were never just shooting i mean like even when they were shooting the shit there was still like like some something behind it that we know that the character that they're talking to doesn't know like it was all very smart and very um for a reason and i appreciate that when you went to blockbuster um did you ever like get a game or a movie just over and over and over and over again to the point where where it would have been easier to it would have been cheaper just to buy the actual copy no that was never you no i did that once Mm mm-hmm there was a game I'll never forget it. It was there's a game I have it I right behind me actually. It's called Grandia Two, mm-hmm. and I played it, and then I was like, my God, this is this is this is an amazing game. And then at the end of the week, we just returned it, and we just go back, return it, and then rent it again. And uh-huh. my dad was like, you want to get that one? He was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And I just kept I kept doing that over and over and over again until I, until I beat it. Mm-hmm. 
And I did a similar thing at the Metreon Center here in San Francisco. Um, how, how familiar with Metreon, honey? Not very. Not very. Uh, the Metreon Center, um, well, do you, well, you do know what it is, right? You remember the inside and everything? I, yeah. Okay, well, back in back in its heyday, the Metreon Center was basically just Mega Mall, and it's it's still it's still you know a, a mall, but like it's not as good as it used to be. And the way I can explain it is now I'm pretty sure there's like a huge target attached to it to keep it afloat. Mm-hmm. Whereas back in the day, they had all you had all these niche little uh, stores. Now, I remember one that always comes to mind was in the very upper level like I remember it clear as day there was this one store mm-hmm. and all they sold was nerd shit mm-hmm. you know, comic books figurines costumes just it was it was maybe not games but it was all there yeah and I love I, me my, my dad and I would go there all the time but the but the grand jewel of Metreon back in its heyday the grand entry though was um so was Sony Sony PlayStation there was like the whole front front part of the Metreon was just a giant store that sold PlayStation games. Mm-hmm. That's all they sold. And I remember, I, remember I, I played, I would go there all the time to play demos. And they had this other game I used to, I used to love called Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going into it, but they had a demo there and I would always go there and start playing it because it was just like, wow, this game is, this game is amazing. And that, yeah, that's what I did because uh, my parents, my, my parents were the type that would never give me a new game because they would just, like, look at my collection and say, but you have games, play those. And, yeah, truthfully, truthfully, I did. But, you know, every now and again, I wanted more. It's like when you're a kid and you get the um, Toys R Us uh, catalog and you circled stuff you would never get. Exactly. Oh what, did, what, what toy did you want most? I For me, it was all video games. I, 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 would, I would circle all the video games and say, Dad, Mom, can I have the... No. I wanted all the water guns and all the Nerf guns. And all the science kits. Oh my gosh. Science I, kits. I fucking love them so much. I know, now that's dangerous, honey, because science kits used to have uranium in it. Shut up. <laughs> no, you showed me that. From the 50s, yeah, from was the that, 40s and 50s. Was that a documentary or a YouTube thing you showed me? That was a YouTube thing. So that they, was a documentary thing Yeah, explain it, explain Because I was just like, what? <laughs> they're poisoning us. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the CIA introduced crack to the black community. They're, they're literally, it was so funny because in these science kits, I think they were in like the 40s, the 40s and 50s more specifically. Yeah. Um, they had these science kits. They also had... A Geiger these counter? Not, no, not a Geiger counter, but oh. they had the, the science kits that had just like the dangerous chemicals in them. They also had science kits um, where basically the ingredients were just like a ticking time bomb mm-hmm. so there were there were stories where like a kid lost his hand or i think they died or something because they had a science kit and they put the things together and it exploded in their face you know what else they had honey hmm. they had the oh, they had liquid mercury i think it's that yeah it's, it's a metal that's like it's yeah, the yeah. metal the, that's yeah that's mercury that, 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 that rolls around like liquid yes and you know and what's funny is you know um people would realize something very interesting that being that if you were to put the mercury in your hand and just start just like swirling it around in your hand, it would eventually get smaller and smaller and smaller. But so slightly like, wow, where's it going? It's absorbing into your skin. You're poisoning <laughs> yourself. Stop. That's literally what was happening. That's so that's, funny. That's what, that's what it does. Yeah. And that was actually a plot point in the Legend of Korra cartoon. Yeah. They, she gets waterbenders bend mercury into her, into her body and she gets poisoned. And then she can't walk. Yep. But then she bounces right back in the next season, so mm-hmm. it hardly matters. Um, but no, yeah, science kids. <laughs> like, I think there was a scene in that documentary or whatever where, like, they had a Geiger counter and they're pointing it over it. And it just, yeah, no, there's some a little bit of radioactivity in here. Yeah. 
Uh, gee, honey, I wonder if there's been a show we've watched recently about radiation and the poisoning thereof. I wonder ever so quietly to myself. <gasps> Chernobyl. Who said that? Ter- Chernobyl? It was the wind. No. <laughs> oh, my God. We watched Chernobyl recently on HBO, and we fell in love since the, on the very first episode. And before we... before before Because I, 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 wanted, I wanted to talk about Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. But I want to say one thing really quick. Mm. It was one of the funniest put downs you ever, you ever, you ever like just like dunked on me ever. Because mm. we were watching the first episode and we watched it like day by day over the course of like about a week. Yeah, it was about a week. And I remember they were just talking about like, oh, we need these devices to help us, you know, read out the levels of how much radiation there are in this particular section and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was struggling to remember what those, the, the, um, the devices were that, that they take down the measurements. I, I know now they're called Geiger counters because mm-hmm. I play follow. I, I play. I played all most of the Fallout video games, and, I, and they say and they yeah, but you have one of those. But I remember just thinking, just saying out loud during the first or second episode. Oh yeah, yeah, they're using those something. Oh, I know what they're called. I couldn't remember. And then like three episodes later, I was all like, Geiger counters. They're called Geiger counters. I remember. And yeah. then you just turned to me and went like, That took you two days. Yes. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> and I just like turned towards you, and I was like, and you can see the you can see like the betrayal in my eyes. Like, honey, <laughs> I trusted you. I love you too. Why do you love? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It's like it's like when Gamora got thrown down the cliff by Thanos. I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do this? Or it's like when I step on Katie's foot, and she gives me like a, and she looks at me. Mm-hmm. But no, um, Chernobyl. Okay, so it's definitely a ho- definitely a Hollywoody esque um, production. Oh my gosh! Especially yeah. since everyone is like um, clearly not Russian. Yes, that's the other thing. I feel like there's that, and then um, I feel like I feel like uh, they were very clear, just like hero, like I'm the hero type of type of moments and stuff. And they did invent some characters for the purpose of. Um... Of t- telling a story yeah which is fine which is fine like it's it, that's that's fine it's entertaining it's well made they t- they effectively told the story and had people feel exactly what what they wanted people to feel and that's good i'm great it's like that's it's great um yeah it was a cool that one was a cool one it was definitely interesting to see um the aftermath of that mm-hmm. like Seeing, well, okay, um, just a quick, just a quick rundown. For those of you who don't know, Chernobyl is an HBO mini documentary series about, you know, how the town of Chernobyl got, got, got well, not the town, but, uh. Is it, uh, it's the, it's the town of, like, Pip, Piprick? Pip- well, basically, this Russian town gets, gets all mega, omega level fucked up because, um, the in nuclear the power 70- plant. In the 80s, yeah. Yep, the nuclear power plant just explodes and radiation goes everywhere. You, you probably know this part. Yeah. And it just breaks down what happens, how it happens, and who's, who's, um, how they dealt with it. And it's it's real human drama. Yeah. It's real real human drama because no, it's the eighties, so no one knows what's going. What this is like? Oh, radiation. That's fine. Like, no, stop touching that man. Yeah. Like you're gonna die. I mean, yeah, that and that and just the fact that the government wasn't telling them what the actual situation was because the government didn't know. Like literally, it was just a line of, okay, the people that were actually there when it happened did not want to believe that it was radiation. Didn't want to believe that they did anything wrong. So they told everyone it's just a fire. It's fine. Um, and then, so then they brought in civilian firefighters and they're just like, oh, they told us it was a fire. It's fine. But this is a cool looking rock. Oh my gosh. Why am I dying? They put, they brought in civilians. Yes. <laughs> the, done. Like this. <laughs> First it was the firefighters. Then it was, then it was the coal miners and then, well, no, also coal miners. Also mm-hmm. they had people coming in from the earth. There's a scene where 
um, a, a guy who's been in the army, Afghanistan, turns to this new recruit and says, where were you stationed? Oh, I was at the other town. No, not town. Where were you stationed? You know, Afghanistan, you know, blah, this place, this place. Like, oh, I never served in the army. Yep. And then they just kind of look at him and then they go, oh my God, we're running out of men. Yeah. Cause there's, cause now they're bringing in civilians again. But yeah, it was very interesting. They literally brought civilians into the infected area, but then even worse because the people didn't know that it was radiation. They didn't know that they were infected. They didn't know the serious of the situation. All the firefighters that were there then went to a public hospital where they were where they were still in their radioactive everything and then they were like then they had to take the clothes off and then the nurses had to take the clothes off of these people and the nurses weren't protected so the nurses were also exposed and then like the loved ones when they were trying to come in they were like it was just like everyone was exposing each other to everything because they didn't know the serious seriousness of it they didn't know what it was and then they thought they were getting better and then they just got ten times worse all of a sudden, and they freaking died. The it whole was se- a lot. The whole series makes it look like Russia is run by incompetent idiots, but at the same time, we, we, what we need to understand was tr- that the place where it happened wasn't like a major city. It was in the middle of bu- it was middle of bumfuck nowhere. It, 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 the equivalent would be like if a uh, if something really bad happened in Ohio. Like like people, of course, people in Washington D.C. wouldn't think too like it's not like it was like Moscow. It was like in yeah. the middle of nowhere again and again. It was the '80s, so people didn't know how to people didn't know much about radiation, uh, radiation and, and the effects thereof. The scientists knew. Scientists yeah, but, knew, but they weren't listening to the scientists because they also were afraid of um, of misinformation. They were afraid that them admitting that they made a giant problem like that would make them look weak and incompetent. They were afraid of other people seeing them as that, so they just pretended like it wasn't happening. And there's a scene towards towards the end where a guy was like, yeah, all this happened basically... Be- a lot of the problems were because we, we uh, Russia cut corners in this nuclear division because Russia... Because, you know, you know... Oh, Russia yeah. is nothing... It's, it's, not, it's not nothing just a country that likes to compete with other it, countries. Yeah. And, um... I don't claim to be an expert, but there is a scene where he's all where he's talking to a committee, and they said, "Well, how did this happen? How did this happen? How did this happen?" And then he, the, one of the main protagonists, goes, "Well, for the same reason, for the same reason, we cut corners here, here, and here. It's it's cheaper." And then there's a moment of people going, "Oh Jesus! <laughs> like, what have oh, we done? What the? Yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of it was like politics versus actual science in real time, mm-hmm. and." Mm-hmm. The things that could go wrong when the people in politics, like, want to flex on the nerds and be like, yeah, but the budget says this, and also, I don't like your answer, so I'm not going to listen to it. And then shit goes wrong. It's just like, well, you know. And just, but but just on on its face, (coughs) oh, just on its face, uh, it's a, it's a great, it's a great, it's it's, it's a, it's a great series, because it just shows... This, if you think about it, like in terms of like a horror movie, the radiation poisoning is like this invisible, like like curse or demon, because anyone goes near it and they start like, wait, why do I taste metal in my mouth? What? Why am I, like, starting to like have blisters all over my head? Ah, and then it it just gets crazy and crazier. Like mm-hmm. at one point, they get all the firefighters, the first responders, to this hospital, and one nurse is like, get the clothes off, and the clothes are radi or have are super radioactive, and they throw all these clothes inside a um. Like a closet. It's in the basement. 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 Yeah. And then at the very end of the series, there's footage of there's there's like footage of these guys in protective gear going down to that thing and uh, basement, and the clothes are still there, and they're still as Rid- radioactive as it was because radioactivity has a crazy long half life, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, it's like that. It's literal thousands of years. It remi- so yeah, and it reminds me of like how in one of the scenes, like in the beginning, 
in the very beginning, no one was taking action because the initial report said something along the lines of, um, oh, the radiation's only 3.6 something rathers. Yeah. And everyone was all like, and everyone was just saying, well, that's, that's not good, but it's yeah. also not bad either. We can, we can, we can fix this. Yeah. But then another scientist said, okay, first of all, 3.6 is very bad. That's like 400 x-rays to the, ch- to, to, to the chest. Mm-hmm. And second of all, 3.6 is the highest their counters of, can count. Of the certain Which counters, leads yeah. me to believe that maybe there's more. And it turns out, oh, it's not 3.6. It's like 30,000 or something. It's 3,000. It's not 30, 3.6 um, uh, science numbers. It's 3,000. 30,000. 30,000 science yeah. numbers. Yeah. And then on in one particular bill, it was, it was like even high, like, oh God, way, way worse. To the point where like they tried getting robots to push some of the, some of the debris back into the hole and the robots were just like, and, and the robots will just, Deactivate. I was like, why? Oh, the nuclear radiation just slices through its uh, its uh, microchips and it makes it dead. Yeah. So yeah, there was there was a lot. It was it was very interesting because like you also have to think like in the eighties technology at that point it was it was good it was getting there, um and oh yeah and it was right after what was it after the Cold War. During. It was it well yeah it, it was during Gar- the Cold if War. If Gorbachev is there, it's during the Cold War more more yeah. like, most likely. So it was so it was during like a really interesting just like political time too. So like them asking for help and them like admitting that something was wrong was like a big no no for the face of their country in in light of all the other things that were going on politically. Uh, before then and before this, um, my own I had and again the reason why it's a perfect series is because. Like, it takes okay. It's it takes place in Russia a long ass well a long ass time ago like about a generation ago and it and it involves, and it involves high high uh high degrees of science. So it's not like everyone knows exactly what happened. So you, even though you know that you know, even though you know about <coughs> it generally, you will go in there just being like just wondering what's gonna happen next. Like, is this, is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? Like, how are they gonna help? Someone please help us. Yeah, and I feel like the way that they explain what was happening. Um, was it was very ex- accessible. It wasn't like it wasn't just some sciencey guy lecturing you about, you know, he didn't have to explain. Well, he he did explain. He done. He made. They simply explained basic concepts, and I think it's cool that they that they um explained those concepts through the like in context of the show. Um, through him trying to explain to all these political people that don't know the science, like I, I think it was really smart how they were also explaining the things because they because you have to understand those things to understand why, um, everyone's dying and why all this stuff is so dangerous. I think it, it it's really cool. I think it's really cool Just how don't... they tied that in and they explained it in a way, um, that isn't it's like in a way that's easy to understand because. You know that's how they had to explain it to the people that don't know what it, what it is for the not scientists. There we go. That is true, but all at the same time, don't go into it. Don't go into the series and out thinking you'll you'll know know everything that happened during Chernobyl oh, because yeah. oh, no, no. a lot of it is dramatized. And when the second it hit mainstream and got famous, they were got, got it went viral. Um, I already I I was already seeing like Gawker articles and like mm-hmm. and like all these other art not Gawker but all these like yeah you know types of websites doing articles about like 52 things that Chernobyl got wrong about what really happened or, or, yeah. or 13 sciencey things that really, that, that, that's not how that works. And yeah. for the purposes of storytelling, uh, is it's, it is, you know, it's acceptable to like 
to like you know it's like take it's liberties. Like, it's like basic. It's literally just basic level. Just not the whole science, but enough for the adults that are watching it to understand. Oh. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to know exactly what yeah. happened 100% in just fi- in just uh, five hours. But at the same time, I do find it funny that like they do have to keep people engaged. So let's have an episode. Let's have half an episode. No, let's have like most of an episode deal with this one kid having to go around shooting dogs because they're all infected. Mm-hmm. Or like let's have an or, like let's start this episode where like they're evacuating citizens and there's this old lady who's like, I will not leave my barn. It, I've been here like during a, World War II. I thing, stayed yeah. here with the Bolsheviks came. I came here during the Civil War. I stay here, and now I want me to leave or something. I don't see. I will not go. And the guy shoots the cow, and that's funny. Yeah, no, it's not funny, but like, yes, it was. It was I, just, I, she, oh she was just like, I will milk this cow. Yeah, no, but it like I see what you're trying to say, but also, um, yeah, of course they had to do the drama thing because it's not because this isn't a Bill Nye the Science Guy show. <laughs> it's they're not there to explain exactly like the science behind what actually happened at Trill. So I think I think they did a good job of of using drama and also incorporating just the basic concepts. Also the stuff. three main and the three main characters, they kill it in this thing. They're they're, they're great. They're good. You have like the they yeah, they're, they're actually they're all scientists. Yeah. Wait. Um. Okay. So the lady. Yeah. No. Yeah. The the lady and the guy. Those are the two big scientists. Yeah. You will be engaged. You will watch this, and you will like. Um. Not re- <coughs> I wouldn't say you'll relate to. You will relate to one of the main three characters, but you will feel for them, especially yeah. like this is one scene where. Uh, the, the guy. The guy with the glasses. The one who hangs himself. Spoiler alert. But he. Well, he does that in the very first episode. The first like five minutes. Ding. But he was just talking about like. Yeah, we have to do this, and it's for the greater good. But at the same time, we've been here like in the Chernobyl area for for like for like months now. Like we're Walking Dead. Like we will we will die in five years. Yeah. And then that other guy is just like thinking about like like what is, he's just having this existential crisis. Yeah. About how you know they could have sent anybody down here to fix this. They sent me because I'm expendable. I'm like, I can I can I can be I can just be gone like that. And no one cares. Oh, you know what? And then what? And then the other guy is like, no, they sent you because you're that guy who could have done this. Like you, you meant everything. And it's a it's a really heartwarming scene. And to the point where I where I just felt like you know what, I, I felt like saluting the guy. I was like, God damn, you did Russia pro- uh, proud. But at the same time, in the end, it's like. This all could have been avoided if you just stops, stop swinging your dicks. How about exactly. That? No, that's stop literally that's like, it's called frustration. The show. Oh my god! <laughs> like the the first episode should be called denial because no one wants to admit what happened. Like, and no one wants to admit that like a core can't explode. It's like, but I just I went there and I checked. There the is core, no core. The core is not there. It's all like he's delusional. <laughs> And as a few, he drank too much of the water. Take him to the infirmary. And it's great because we as a yeah. viewer saw that too. And we saw there's no core. So we're just like, no, there was no core. <laughs> and, then just, and then he kept sending just the next person out. He's like, oh, take him to the infirmary. Next person, go. There's... And they'd come back burned and throwing up. And then he was like, he just drank too much of the water. Next person, go. Now, this is a super spoiler because later on we do figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. Basically. Basically, it was a cocktail of, of a bunch. Basically... Everything that could have gone wrong on that night did go wrong, according to them, how they showed it in the story. Yes. And the last, last ca- straw that breaks the camel ba- camel's back is um, there's a fail-safe switch that completely shuts down everything mm-hmm. so that nothing can happen. But the one they were using was this outdated old one where... Mm-hmm. 
They were the they were the standard issue one. So it wasn't an old one. Well, yeah, it was from like nineteen. It was like it was from a decade before. No, it was no no no. It was it was a standard one, and they were all fitted with the wrong um tip. No no, I'm about the button, the failsafe button. Oh wait. Yeah no, it was well, okay, literally well, just the just the. the basically, thing what the I'm trying to say is of. like the the failsafe button actually ignited the whole thing and, and, and made it explode. It ignited it because um like like you were mentioning before in your example. They used a cheaper, yeah. They yeah. cut corners in the graphite. It was, it was the tips that go inside to stop it were made of graphite, which made it which speeds up the process. But he no, he makes the point that yeah. it speeds up the process, but not that much. It would have shut it down, but up until then, they'd stressed the core out so much that yeah. a little tiny boop made it explode. Exactly. Yeah. So in that very very, it was just like again. It all—it was almost like a one in a million shot of it of, of it going down like that, and it yeah. did go down. And there's a scene, and one, and the the main guy who's on trial, mm-hmm. or making this happen, who, who who goes to jail for ten years. Yep. He only whole, ten years, but yeah, for poisoning the whole town. But what's for great thousands is, but what's great oh, is, God. since episode one, he's in, in complete denial. He says, "I'm not at fault. Everyone else sucks. Like, no, I did everything right." And even at the trial, he's like, "No, I did everything right." But he's still kind of lying at the end to try and weasel his way out to try and make him seem make himself seem like he wasn't even he wasn't the one doing that. But he was still just like the whole entire time during the trial, he's shaking his head, going, "Nope, nope, nope. I'm I'm fine. I'm fine." But at the very end, big reveal: it was the button. Because the, the main the guy who made this all happen basically, he his whole backup plan was I can just fuck it with the core as much as I want and in, you know worst case scenario I can press the button and then it'll all shut down. But pressing the button is what blew it up. And there's this look on his face of like, oh god, because oh like, god it was it, it was me all I'm the jerk. Yeah, because and it's so he, and it's worth it. It's so worth it to see his face like that. It's like yeah you yeah fucking. because he was he was he was doing everything wrong because like. Having in mind that there is this fail safe, like if anything goes wrong, I'll just fucking press the button. There you go. So I'll just, you know, doesn't matter what I do if this test goes or whatever. I can just press the button and it's fine. But you know, if the button is the is is part of the prop, like everything else before that, like if he didn't do all the stuff before that wrong, like you were saying, it'd be like if you were in your car and you and you slammed the brakes and and it made the engine explode. Well, that's well, that's no, no. It's kind of like if you just didn't put engine oil in. Everything was overheating in your car, and you're like, you know what? I can just stop the car whenever, like, I, like, whenever, you know, anything goes wrong. So then everything is going wrong, and you go to push the brakes to stop the car, but someone, um, cut the brakes. So then you can't brake. So, like, it's like that. So it's like, I don't have to check this stuff. I don't have to do this stuff because I can just stop the car. But then when everything else fails, because you didn't, you just ignored it. And True. then you find out there's no brakes. Between the, <laughs> and between the, and you don't see the reactor explode in the first episode. In the first episode, it just happens. And then the very last episode, when the scientist is going through the events of what happened, mm-hmm. then you see the explosion. Mm-hmm. And I was more engaged with that than I, than I was in the other HBO, uh, I mean, in the other HBO series, uh, Game of Thrones, when Daenerys blows up uh, King's Landing. Mm-hmm. The, the Chernobyl explosion that one that one had way more of a uh, way more of a believable buildup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna be here. I'm not gonna sit here and talk shit about Game of Thrones. I'm gonna instead talk about something else that needs to be sh- sh- uh, shitted on, honey. Hmm. Which is your which was the last 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 movie we saw, Dark Phoenix. Oh God. Yeah, that was interesting. In the in in how like I wouldn't say it was a. It was bad. <laughs> it was a very bad movie. It was, it was, 
We're trying to see more movies lately because... Problematic is another word, but continue, sorry. We're trying to see more movies lately because right now it's summer. Yeah. And, you know, summertime movies are great, but Dark Phoenix was not one of them. No. No. You know what? I wasn't even, like, necessary. Okay. I knew it was going to be bad from the previews. The previews, for some reason, I just got the sense that it, it was not, it was not going to be great. I feel like mostly also because, like, okay, after watching Game of Thrones. I know we're going with this. Go on. After yeah, watching Game of Thrones and seeing Sansa's character arc. And then seeing the previews for Dark Phoenix, I was just like, so it's literally the same character arc, only in a different franchise with the same actress. See, oh, okay. I thought you were going for, um, well, see, I, the, a lot of people were predicting that this movie was going to, was going to, was going to bomb because the main story is about, the main story is about a, a woman who gains power and then loses control, which is like, which is very anti-feminist mm-hmm. if you, when, you, when you think about it. Which is why I maintain one of the greatest feminist um, uh, superhero icons is uh, She-Hulk because when she go- when she get- when she gets her Hulk powers, she retains she retains her um, she retains her uh, her uh, smarts and she's still uh, able to like function as a lawyer. But now she can lift a car. Yep. Who's gonna I mean, who's gonna argue with that? I mean, really. Yep. And then Jillian just showed me a Pikachu meme. I did. <laughs> did we talk about Detective Pikachu on this one? No, we have not. Wait, wait, wait. Let's 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 finish Dark Phoenix and then let's move on to Detective Pikachu. Finish the Phoenix. No, it was just um, what well, the reason why I was I just wanted to mention it. No, well, the real reason I wanted to mention it is not so much to talk about that is to compare it to Game of Thrones. Yes, because it's because it's an it's about a woman who uses her power and just goes apeshit with it. And, oh, not, and not in a way that's wait 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 okay you 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 finish and, and not and not and not in a, and not in a way that's even remotely beneficial to anybody in the in the um, immediate area because you know Daenerys burns down the city and then when uh, when uh, Jean Grey gets her powers she just like can't can't handle it and she just and I just basically just starts like going going around just just just, just like tearing shit up. Not as not as much as in the uh, one from uh, the 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 X Men three, but still it was um like again what was the like what was the message of that movie? Tell me what was the message of Dark Phoenix? The message was, if you get power, you try to give it away. No, no, no. Give it away. Give as it soon away. As you can. And if you can't give it away, well, it'll destroy you. I knew I I remember one of the first things that made me go oh boy about that movie was when <laughs> we, we got introduced to the main antagonist which was a bunch of shape shifting aliens who came down to earth. Yeah. And I was just I was like wow. I was like I am so not engaged with these bad guys at all. I was like I can't relate to this. Like who are these guys? <laughs> like we're trying to save our planet and so like Well, that's Ugh. the thing cuz they're just they're just random. They're literally just just super random oh, well, and it's like it I feel like they were kind of like shoehorned in to explain like why this like power thing was just floating through space well actually it was what is it was interesting about dark phoenix is, is that <coughs> it went through bless you thank you it went through a bunch of rewrites because it was the the main rumor is and i personally believe this is that they did a bunch of rewrites at dark phoenix because it was way too similar to captain marvel yeah and you can see it because in captain and uh captain marvel also features shape-shifting aliens mm-hmm. and captain marvel also is about a woman who gains some some uh, uh gains uh, cosmic level powers. Yeah. And in uh, Captain Marvel, her powers flo- fly around her like fire, 
and in the comic books, that's what the Phoenix Force is. Yeah. But originally in the movie, she was supposed to be like on fire, glowing fire, glowing fire. But in this one, it's it's it got changed to like these like weird red veins all over her body. Yeah. And again, a bunch of rewrites. One of one of which was the aliens come down in spaceships, obviously. And originally, the Jean Grey as the Phoenix Force would go up into space and destroy all the ships, which is literally what happens in uh, in Captain Mar- in Captain Marvel. Yeah. So and they changed it to a actually pretty kick ass um, uh, fight scene on a, on a train. Mm-hmm. And if you look carefully, the train people the, the people on the train who took them are called the mutant recovery unit or mutant some mutant recovery unit or something like, something like that. Yeah. But the letters or say MCU. Yeah. So the MCU took the mutants. Yep. Just like in real life. Yes. Disney owns everything. Yes. And again, like. Like I said in a previous podcast, I for one welcome our Disney overlords. I know it's it's something, but dark. Fe- there were so many just things like uh, Jean Grey as a character was really annoying. I'm not just annoying, but like, like I just hated how literally the whole movie is her being like, "Where I don't want this power. Someone take this power. Do you want my power? Do you want my power? Can someone else take my power? Because I don't want it." I don't want the power. And you're just like, okay, we get it. Stop it. Like, I feel like it would have been better. Like, literally, it was all of the men around her telling her, like... And women. Everyone was telling her what to do. No, but the there weren't that many women characters. She, you know, funny enough, I don't think she really interacted with a lot of women character except for the antagonist. There was that scene with Mystique. Those are the only two women that she actually, you know, like... That she actually, and she didn't even, even with Mystique, she didn't even, conf- she didn't even ask Mystique for any advice. Mystique was kind of just there to be like, oh, I care about you. Yeah, she had one foot out the door the whole entire time with this franchise. Well, not just with the franchise, but also with this movie, just the way that they used Mystique. It was literally just like the only reason Mystique was there to remind her that there was someone on her side. True. And uh, wait. Go Okay. There's that, and then the villain lady, she fake trusted, like, she... She gaslit her. She did, like, it was just, like, she only interacted with this other lady because she thought this lady was going to take her power away from her. Like, she was just like, oh, you want my power? You can have my power. I will say, though, that was a pretty cool scene where Jean Grey... Um, as the Phoenix Force mm-hmm. is fighting the main alien lady, and the main alien lady grabs her by the neck and is, try- is trying to absorb the Phoenix Force, and then she realizes, oh wait, this is way too much, and she lets go, and then Jean grabs her hand and puts it back on her throat and says, no, you want it all, take it, and then she explodes. That was Yeah, fun. that, yeah. If a bit. It's something. Yeah, it was something. It's something. But, yeah, but the whole movie, Jean Grey was trying to, like, and then, but the only thing is she was only asking all the men in her life for all the advice. She was like, Xavier, what do I do? Or like, and then she went and she was just like, um, oh, what's this guy? What's his name? Magneto. Uh, She's like, oh, Magneto, oh. what do I do? And then Hank was just like, oh, and he's like, we need to kill her. kill her. And then like, and then her boyfriend was like, oh, but I love you. Remember? And then it was just like, it was just like all of these men coming together, like having opinions on her shit. And then there was, there was one person, there was, um, there was Storm that had an opinion, and her opinion was, she's a fucking monster. Like, that's, and that was all, that was literally all Storm did. She was like, I don't like her. We need to, like, she's an enemy. 
Everyone had weird motivations in this movie. Everyone's motivations it was, was so weird, weird and artificial and just felt like really out of place. It like the whole thing was very out of place, but it was just it was it it's was like how in the begin in the beginning, like they they established they established it's the nineties and the mutants now everyone knows there's mutants and everyone loves the X Men, which is like a meta commentary on X Men during the nineties. Yeah. But like but like yeah, like they're going around saving people, going on missions for the US Army and like the president is honoring um Xavier on TV and Mystique is just like, Oh, is this what we are with their dancing monkeys? We just do whatever they say and like is this who we are? And I was just in my head, just thinking to myself, Mystique, like the people love you now. This is the end. This is, this is, this is what you guys were working for. Acceptance by humans. Like, yeah. And you might feel, feel a little bit used, but boo fucking who, like if it means mutant children can grow up in a place where they're not going to like, you know, get, get lynched then fucking deal with it, girl. Yeah. I swear, like all her frust- like in the movies, Mystique is just like really, really, really frustrated with everything. And I'm thinking that's the actual actor with the actual series. Like, I want to leave. I want to leave. I want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> let me. Let me. They go. finally kill me, her. and they did. They finally killed her. Yeah. Uh, she finally gets to now do <sighs> Mockingjay Part Five. I don't know. Oh, for fuck! Please no. I didn't watch any of those. You know what? I didn't watch the last two. I didn't watch. Many. um but um but yeah so that there were just a lot of problems i feel like i feel like i want to talk more about the other things but we it's it's a lot it's a lot there there were just there there's a lot of things to pick apart in that movie character motive motivations for sure um i also don't want to sound like a pc warrior or whatever but I don't know. I don't, it's it's just it's just not it's not the business. Oh yeah, and I remember when we were walking out, we were just like, "What what year was this written? Like what year?" Because like all of it was just it just felt all of it felt really outdated. Just the characters, the type, because they were all one dimensional characters. They were all of them. They all felt like one dimensional characters, and Xavier, and there was like this weird like undertone with Xavier, like. He was just like, oh, she can't handle the truth. So I took, so I, I like buried the truth down deep inside of her. And now it's coming back. Yeah. The, uh, the thing about Jean Grey is that she basically caused the death of her, of her mother and her, well, she, she believes, she believes both her parents. Yeah. And, uh, Jean Grey by herself is like, is, has caused, has like some, is a mega level mutant. Mm-hmm. And combine that with a cosmic level power of, of, of the Phoenix Force. And she just becomes like the strongest like this like like the strongest living thing on the uh, like in the universe yeah and so she's a hard, and she has a hard time controlling that mm-hmm. and again like the like there's there's barely a message here and there, there barely was and it's like and it's even like weird to talk about because there's so many things that they could have done that that went wrong and all the other stuff but like and it just sucks because i feel like there, there was a lot of things that were misused too because they could have used um phoenix's dad in a better way i agree like he could like he could have been one of the one of the people to be like oh um you're not alone unless i'm sorry like and like as like like as leverage he could have been used as leverage i made this point like afterwards when we're walking around you did yeah where like because i had a hard time just like like feeling anything towards the villains i couldn't give a shit yeah but I remember say, saying to you, wouldn't it have been way more cool if, like, the dad came back 
and and he was trying to steal the Phoenix Force or something like that. And as it turns out, he also is also part. He's he's all he's also a mutant. That's kind of where and that, that his his word as dormant. So he was actually a mutant also. And then he got back to the genius greatest life. Was trying to take the powers back or take take her power to like yeah. resurrect maybe to resurrect the to resurrect his wife or something like that. Anything like anything anything anything. What and also get? shape-shifting aliens who 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 have who have dead who have like straight who like don't emote because yeah. aliens and just who, who just talk like this basically you know what they could have they literally they're shape-shifting aliens it was right there they literally could have shape-shifted into her dad because they literally met her dad Oh, and yeah. use that as leverage wow, in just... a fight or like they literally shape shift and they literally know what he looks like and they know his well, connection after, after to her. Fact. But yeah, they, they could have done that. Yeah, yeah they could have done that because at the because in the final fight, like that could have been a thing. That could have been a thing, but they didn't do that. Um, they also. Oh, I hated how um, Cyclops was Cyclops. Yep. OK. How Cyclops um, was just reduced down to crying boyfriend. And being like, oh, remember, I'm human too, and like you, like when you're doing these things, you hurt me. Remember me, I'm your boyfriend. It doesn't help that it is. It, I don't want to be. I don't want to be mean, but it is also. It also doesn't help that the actor who plays Cyclops looks like a total weenie. Whereas, <laughs> well, he... whereas his brother Havoc in the previous one is the one who shot the beams out of his fists. When I saw that guy, he 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 made me question my sexuality because I saw him and I was just like, oof, he looks. Also, um, if you hear some snorting in the background, that's our dog, who's actually part pig. <laughs> Shut up. She winks like crazy. She does. Um, but yeah, so I mean, even his name is better than Cyclops and Havoc. But um, Scott, and his, his name is Scott, and his brother's name is... Fuck, I forgot. I forget. Exactly. But, um, but anyways, point is... Um, there was that, that whole weird undertone with Xavier, because he was just like, oh, she couldn't handle it, so I didn't give her that information. Well, now she has to deal with it as an adult. Like, it was just, like, this weird, like, point of conflict that just, okay. Basically, the point of this movie is go see a therapist. Yeah. It was weird. It was, like, the whole thing was just weird. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it was problematic for a lot of different reasons. But, and, yeah. Well, I will say this, though. Huh. Some kick-ass fight scenes. Uh, I love, I love, I love fight, fight scenes in X-Men movies because it's not just, it's not just, because they, because they, you have to, the, the powers have to work with, 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 work with and bounce off the other guys. So it's really interesting to see them work here. Uh, there's a scene, which in hindsight is kind of creepy, but there's a scene where Professor Xavier is psychically telling um, um, Nightcrawler to warp over here and do this. Mm-hmm. Like, do this. And then he would warp and then he would warp somewhere else because another telepath is doing the exact same thing. Like, And so they were just having a proxy war with uh, with Nightcrawler where they're both trying to control him at the same time, which is kind of creepy. But Yeah. It's very interesting. It's, oh God, it's it's also funny how in the um in the in the new in the new X Men movies, the ones that are coming out that came out this d- decade. Yeah, I find it funny that every single one, every single movie has to have a telepath because otherwise Charles would just like stop time and like control everybody and be like, okay, now we're gonna do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You gotta have like either the helmet, either Magneto's helmet, or a telepath, or both. Yes. To to even things out. It's yeah. It's yeah. I do like I like they've always been good at the fight things because they because they have so they have literally an endless arsenal of just like just heroes. They do. They yeah. do. They, they just throw any mutant in the background. I was like, we need a mutant to join uh, Magneto's um, uh, commune. I was like, okay, who do we have? Let's yeah. have um, oh this one and this one and this guy and it's 
they can do whatever they want. Definitely. Right. It's it's really cool. It's really cool. They they have they have someone for everything. But um. But yeah. So that one that one was a eh. That one how okay how many like out of ten how many stars would you okay I would give it. I I give it uh, five mistakes out of five. I give it four. Ha uh-huh. ha. Yeah. It's um. It definitely. I give it four. Not the worst sh- X Men movie. Not the best. Yeah, four shape shifting aliens out of ten. A out of all the X Men movies, this was one of them. Yeah, exactly. That is literally this was one of them. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah. But. But. A better movie. A better okay. A better movie would be. I'm only going to predict what you're going to say. A better movie. We already brought up this movie, Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah. Was it, though? I think so. Oh, my gosh. Of course it was better. No, it was better, but, like, I have my reservations about that movie. Okay, so this is interesting because you are a fan of... You are a bigger fan of the franchise and... Of the literal game that it's based off of. But well, I feel like I feel like it's more that it was inspired by the game. Oh, big time! It was not. It was not the game. It was not the the events of the game on screen, um, for sure. But, I have my complaints, yeah. but I want. But you, I, let's 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 start off with a high note before before I'm not gonna shit on it. I'm just gonna basically. I'm not mad. I'm just a little disappointed. But uh, uh-huh. you you go first because you were like you were just like. I cried. Like, it's beautiful. I cried like cry. a bitch. I thought it was okay. So as a big baby, <laughs> not as a big baby, but as someone who I I was just like around the game. So I had like all of my um my neighbors and my classmates and stuff that were boys were always collecting the Pokemon cards, and I ended up um, oh, me. yeah I ended up um with some cards myself. And I had a little binder for it. And I didn't even play the actual, like, Pokemon game. I didn't play any of the games on any of the gaming systems, the DS. Like, I, like, barely played Pokemon Go, whatever. I barely watched the show. I knew of the show, and I watched, like, parts of the show. I had the cards because I liked the characters and the different elements. Um, But I never, like, officially, officially, like got into the rules of the game and all that stuff. But I did have a fondness for the characters. And I was familiar with the characters. Um, so yeah, so I was like exposed to it and I've always liked them. Um, I also have a Pokemon pillow that was literally made in 1990, I think like 98, 96 or something. No. Yeah. That's around the time. Yeah. But anyways, um, but no, I did really like the franchise. Um, so whenever Pokemon stuff comes out and it's like, oh, that's cool. And the new generations and stuff. Um, I've seen the new generations. You literally went through some of the, the, um, the generations of like some of the Pokemon characters and you're just like, oh my gosh. This... Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And like you, uh, there was a point in my life where I was just interested in the characters, but I didn't know anything about it. And I had some things here and some merchandise there, but I didn't actually play it and, yeah. or, or watch it. But then, but then. I was, of course, I was a little, I was, I was a little kid back then, and all my friends that played it, and so when I did, I was hooked. Yeah. Instantly. Um. So, anyways, so knowing all of that, going into the Pokemon movie and going into Pokemon, sorry, Detective Pikachu. Um, I wasn't expecting a lot because I, like, I just didn't know. Like, I was just like, okay, cool. Like, this is this is a cool, you know, just the Pokemon in the real life is gonna be cool, and watching it i felt a uh, like i felt magic <laughs> like mm. no seriously no it was kind of like it was it i felt similar to how i felt when i watched 
um, like when I went to see the Harry Potter, uh, um, when I saw Harry Potter, um, was it the ride? World? Oh yeah. Harry Potter. So it's, world, the opposite. Yeah. so it's the opposite of Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Because I was, cause I literally was just like, this is so cool. Cause they had all the textures and all the, and all the different, um, what is it? Like, like you can tell that they took inspiration from actual living animals and, um, put them into, they took these fictional animals, gave them real animal, like, qualities and attributes, um, and I think that was really cool of them. But also, the way that they incorporate the Pokemon into the real world, just, it just felt really, it just felt really cool. Like, you can tell that this was a world that was used to having Pokemon, so it wasn't, it was, it was really cool. I thought it was really cool how they did that, um... More specifically, the part where, actually, spoiler, um, they're trying to save Pikachu at one point, and there's a bunch of Bulbasaur's that come up, and they're you, just like, you were just like, can like, you help you, my friend? I, I think you gasped, like, like <gasps> Bulbasaur's. Yeah. And then, like, a bunch of them, they, they, like, they, like, waddle up to him. And they do just waddle, like, also. Yeah, and they just, they just, like, and they make these cute noises, like, rrr, rrr, and then they're just, sorry, they're basically just like, follow us. But of course they can't talk with words. They make Pokemon noises, so they're making the just noise. Just looking at Bulbasaur. Yeah, Bulbasaur. Yeah, and then like, <laughs> then they all just a herd of Bulbasaurs just like, just like lead this kid through this magical freaking forest and into and then this. Then there's like, Mewtwo somehow. Like, yeah, Mewtwo, and then he just like, hello child, and he's like, I will help. But he was just like, oh, we know someone that's that can help you guys. Bye. And it was just like... <laughs> now, here's where I... Here's where I didn't forget. Here's where the movie doesn't work on me. Hmm. Because... Okay, yeah. Seeing seeing all the uh, Pokemon like in, re- in, in in real life interacting was was pretty cool. Yeah. I will say this. What? But see, I... But from the movie... But what I wanted from the movie was like uh, some... I wanted, I wanted the meats and potatoes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Those... Um, sorry. Really random. I just remembered these Pokemon. The ones in the... In the fighting thing... That that are like oh, loud the, the speakers. Yeah, loud red, loud red. <laughs> so, yeah, called loud red. I love their, them their ears so are, much. Their, their ears are speakers, and they, they and they yell really loud. It's so great. I don't know why I love that so much, but I think it was so fun. Those are my favorite ones. Okay. Yeah. But for me, the reason. Okay, well, see, the reason why the movie didn't work on me was because it's okay. For me, I was judging it on two levels, on two scales. Does it work as a Pokemon movie? And does it work as a detective movie? And it's neither. And none, I it's don't, literally neither. No, it doesn't really work on either levels for me, and I'll tell you why. See, as a Pokemon movie, for me, I'm jaded. Just seeing the Pokemon walking around is not enough for me, because I wanted to see. I I would have loved to see some kick, some kick ass Pokemon um um uh Pokemon battles or just some cool instances of Pokemon using their powers. And while there were a little bit of it, mm-hmm. it was. It was too few and too far apart yeah. for my for my liking. Like, uh, I remember like I was only I, I remember just being like thinking, "Wow, this is a really good scene." The scene I'm talking about is when they go to the underground fighting. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Um, the city bans Pokemon fights, but aside, aside from that, yeah, there's, there's they have underground fighting, and there's a scene where Blastoise is fighting Gengar, and I remember being like, I was like about to go on the edge of my seat because I thought we're gonna see some. Oh, this is this is pretty cool. Like Gengar just used double team, and now there's a bunch of them. Oh, what's Blastoise doing? Oh, he just went back. He did. He did withdrawal. He went to his shell, and now he's just like, now he's just spinning around, throwing, uh, throwing water, uh, water guns everywhere, and he hits the, finally hits the right target. I'm like, oh yeah, they're using their powers. This is great. This is great, and it's all over. Yeah, yeah. And, and then as a detective movie, 
It's not a detective movie. And I'll really, tell you, yeah. because, especially because I played the Detective Pikachu video game. And again, I love, I love detective, um, I love, I love detective stories, you know, in, in my games or in my comics or what have you. I love it even more if it's in video game format, because then it feels like that I'm the actual detective and I'm finding the clues to solving the mystery myself. I love that smug. I love when you're playing a, you know, like something like Phoenix, right? And you have that smug, ooh, I solved the case without having to look on game facts even once. Uh, I love that feel. But when it comes to Detective uh, Pikachu, like whenever there was a major plot point, I just thought to myself, well, I know where that's going. I played the game. I know how this roughly ends. They diverge and take liberties from the game, obviously, because it's a movie. But see, in the in the game, in between finding out what happens, in between finding out what happens to his dad, the main character and Pikachu also solve a bunch of side stories, mm-hmm. and you get to solve it yourself and like collect clues and, and do interviews and actually, and you actually get to use Pokemon's power, like different Pokemon and their abilities to help solve different issues, and it's and it's actually kind of um, kind of engaging. Overall, it was um, not the best detective game I ever played. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have done more, and I was hoping for the movie they would explore. They would do a little more with it, but at the in, in the end, again, like as a, as a Pokemon movie, I, I wanted more. As a detective movie, I, was, I wanted more. So uh, my expectations were a little bit too high. But with but, but with you, you were just you were just happy to see all your friends come to life. Yeah, basically, and discover new friends like that's that was basically- yeah, that's basically. But also, this movie, and we've talked about this before. This movie is literally just an introduction to Pokemon and the universe. So I feel like this movie isn't for the fans. This movie, well, no, it isn't. Like I feel like this movie is for the younger kids and everyone that hasn't that has that has seen Pokemon, but were too young to actually like play it or anything so this is well they have pokemon every year now a game yeah not just the game but like no that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is like this is this movie is not like pan it's not um it's not fan service this movie is just like okay look this is just an intro to to pokemon and the universe that we're possibly trying to make um so yeah, so here's a general introduction. This is what this movie is. Um, yeah, cool. Like it's like it. I feel like this would have felt more fan servicey and everything, and I feel like they would have gone more into depth if this was like, it like an Ash like an Ash Ketchum movie, but it's not. I'm really I think it was really smart of them not to not to go with the original characters. Um, and not to tell their story first. I think it's smart that they that they chose like a spinoff series to base the first movie off of, because if that one failed, um, it wouldn't be as big of a deal, right? And also, um, there's less of a chance to bastardize like the the actual like the main characters that people grew up with, and um, and I think I also think it's smart that they didn't go with the direct storyline from the game because like again they could they can still tell their story but they can use the pokemon in their story as as like a thing like just like as like an extra like thing to a story that they were trying to tell you know like they like they weren't trying to recreate they weren't trying to retell any stories they weren't trying to um, reimagine any of the original characters. Like, I feel like they, they were very smart in how 
like what they chose to show on screen for Detective Pikachu. And I think I think it was really smart. I think the whole thing was really smart and um non-offensive in the best way, but also really creative. So that's I appreciate it for that, if that makes sense. Yeah, for me, like like I've already stated, I just wanted more. Yeah, you just wanted more. And I, I hope like I feel like in the next movie I'm hoping that there's a next movie. There's probably a next movie. But um but in the next movie they're probably they're most likely going to do more like they're probably gonna have what's his face, like the main kid, um, actually probably like train a Pokemon. Like it's probably gonna be him finding his Pokemon because Pikachu it Spoiler wasn't alert. Yes. Not or maybe maybe it will be a another Cubone. But anyways, point is, um, Pikachu is not his Pokemon. Pikachu is his dad's Pokemon. So and his dad. Spoiler alert. And his dad. Oh, so good. But um, but yeah. So I feel like the next movie is probably going to be, um, this kid finding his Pokemon, training his Pokemon, and then like people wanting to fight his Pokemon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would. I would. And I would watch it because I'm honor bound because I'm a Pokemon fan. So I think. It, I think. I think they're gonna do more. I think they're. Because that's the other thing. Like, time and money, like, production-wise, like, I feel like they were also smart about that, too. Um, I, I'm glad that they put most of their money on, like, Hellboy. I'm glad they put most of their money into um, creating, like, choosing Pokemon that makes sense for the scene and the environment and making them look as great as possible. And I feel like, and we've, we've talked about this again, but, like, if they tried to do more battles... Like, it would have, it would have taken, like, we would have gotten this movie, like, a year from now, um, or maybe, like, even two years from now, um, trying to animate all of that, um, so that it looks good enough so it doesn't look like a PS2 game, um, but, yeah, just, like, I feel like with this next movie, they're probably gonna have more fighting, because they're probably gonna have more money, because they proved that, okay, people are gonna come in and see Pokemon, because this first one did really well, because we did it well enough for people to want more so please give us more money to do more fight scenes please and uh speaking of more money i'm just saying marvel you own fox now lock stock and barrel you need to get ryan reynolds as deadpool in more of your films crossing over with everybody because he is a bankable star star and people love him and and i know this because when we saw today to pikachu you know ryan reynolds is the voice of pikachu Uh and one of the main plot points is the dad is assumed dead but um, they actually, but it turns out his, basically, long story short, Mewtwo put the soul of his dad into Pikachu to preserve him. And then at the end, uh, Pikachu gets his own body back and Ryan, and Ryan Reynolds, right, and, and, and um, the uh, dad gets brought back to life, essentially, basically. And then there's a reveal where he's like, oh, where the main character finds his dad again. And the camera, and the camera uh, turns behind him and it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is playing the, uh, the character as, as the dad. Uh, the dad, as well as the voice of Pikachu, uh-huh. and there was a gas from the audience, like, because it was Ryan Reynolds, and even uh-huh. I was, even I was like, oh my god, <laughs> and it was Ryan. just like, oh my god, it's so good. It was that was good, that <laughs> yeah. was good, and I'm just saying, like, Marvel, get on that shit. But here's the thing, I feel like they also should use him sparingly because it's like if they run him to the ground, then he's just then it then he then he would just become like another just like really quick just like star that's like really famous for which I don't which I think is impossible right now for Ryan Reynolds because I feel like he's choosing his things very 
wisely and and uh not dumb right now like he's not sitting here just like I just became a star I need to do everything I can because I don't know how long I'm gonna be a star like he's not he's not He's not going to do that. Where I don't think believe. studios are going to do that either. But yeah. If, I, we're, if we're to believe Deadpool too, that's exactly what he did. And that's why he was Green Lantern. And then uh, <laughs> you did it. You made it the big leagues. <laughs> Shot back in the head. Yeah. But I feel like now, I feel like, I feel like now at this point in his career, he's not going to be doing okay. that. <laughs> well, um, how would you, how would you rank um, Detective Pikachu, honey? Detective Pikachu, uh, that's going to be eight jellies out of ten for me. You felt it in your jellies, did you? Oh, so many. Yeah. I, on the other hand, will give it one loud out of ten because um, it depicted Blastoise losing. And Blastoise is my favorite Pokemon. Really? So, one no, out of no, ten? No, I'm just joking. I was like, but how, how, how are you going to have Blastoise lose to Gengar? Uh, that's bullshit, Your Honor. Oh, I, 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 I dispute that. Uh-huh. I would give... No, it's a solid... It's a solid... It's, it's, a, it's a... Okay, no, my, my real score... If I were to be truthful, I would give it that's I would give it seven creepy uh, dittos out of ten. Okay. There's a ditto in there, and it turns into a human with uh, the same ditto eyes, which is it's so weird. That was great, but also what? <laughs> and uh, that kind of bothered me because in the anime, when Ditto transforms into another Pokemon, he looks exactly like that Pokemon. He doesn't. There's have one his ditto. Eyes. There's one ditto. Yeah. That when that there's there's one ditto that when he transform when it transforms into another Pokemon, it keeps his face somehow, and they and by the end of that episode they cured it so it's whatever, and um, with that in mind, um, you know what I think um, I think that's a wrap for this episode, honey. What do you think? I think so too. I think we're I think before this turns into i think this might actually be two hours well i mean we freestyle a little bit in the beginning but then at the same time we also talked about some of the stuff we were watching so i think it's a good mix of this and that yeah that and this okay well i feel good do you feel good i feel i i, I feel great honey okay <clears throat> i think well, i'm gonna go outside and, and uh, get the phoenix forest and then just fly away like like jean gray did at the very end of the movie she kind of like lost her. Cr- it's so weird. It, it just, it's a movie worth watching only to see just how weird it is. She should have just gone, like into like, okay, real quick going back. They should have ended Dark Phoenix. Okay, this is how it should have gone. Jean Grey gets the power. She's confused. Okay, everyone's freaking out. Okay. And then she's just like, oh my gosh, I have to take care of this. I can't be around you. I'm dangerous. Okay? It's keeping with that. Like keeping, keeping with that. Okay? Like so then she goes off to travel and find herself and try and deal with her with her feelings and her thoughts and everything by herself. Right? And then while she's doing that, she just disappears. And then it is the X-Men and everyone trying to find her, trying to reason with, like, maybe after she killed Mystique, going somewhere off, like, way fuck off somewhere her trying to deal with okay so like what like what does this mean how am I going to like deal with this and all this other stuff and then then like a big like a good third of the movie would be just everyone else dealing with her being gone trying to find her and then being like you know what maybe she doesn't want to be found like okay and then like dealing with all this stuff maybe the aliens are there to take the the thing still right maybe but the, maybe, Gr- in the, maybe in the middle of a kick-ass fight thing where she fights everyone that'd be cool yeah, but but that's the thing. Like I feel like every like the X-Men should be left to deal with life and everything after Jean Grey is gone. The aliens are fighting 
the rest of the X-Men, because they're trying to get to Jean Grey, they're just like, we don't know where she is, and then they're just like, we don't believe you, we're gonna destroy all of you, or each of, each and every one of you, until you guys tell us where she is, and then she has to come back to defend her family, and then she just, like, beats all the aliens, and she's just like, I forgive you, Xavier, um, I know what you did, but it's, you know what, I dealt with it, what is done is done, and then she's like, I'm sorry for taking away Mystique, um, Beast Guy, and being like, um, boyfriend, I love you, but you know, I gotta, I gotta go be the new Jean Grey without you, because now my power is bigger than all of you, and all of this. And then she like, fucks off again. That would have been more impactful. You know what? I agree. That would have been her taking control and responsibility for her power that she now has. Or it maybe, would... or maybe she uses her powers to go out the universe and fix what the Phoenix Force fucked up because it's yeah. established that the Phoenix Force like this, like eight planets and at some point like it was it would go around absorbing planets. Yes, that could be where she fucks off to. Like after she like defeats the stuff on Earth and defeats the aliens that are trying to get the power. Like, see, that would have been like ten times. A better movie that makes more sense that still gives respect to Jean Grey gives her more credit. So she's not just running around like a child, just like, I don't want this power. Someone take this power. Like, no, it would have been her being an adult woman. Just an adult person, not even woman specifically. Would have just been her being an adult and being like, I got to deal with my problems. So I'm going to go do that on my own time. Bye. You know? Um, that would have, I feel like that would have been more respectful and all that stuff. Anyways, I'm sorry we got back into that. Gotta go. She really doesn't like that movie. I really don't like that movie. I just felt so weird. Um, but yeah. So as we were saying, we were leaving. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah, the podcast where we stop, wait, where we talk. Where we talk nonstop. There we go. That is completely true. That was a great episode, huh? That was great. One of my favorite episodes. Yeah. So, well, if you like this episode, be sure to check out some of our other episodes we have. And, and, well, if you like those too, then we hope to see you in the future. Yeah. And if you have a topic that you want us to talk about, shoot us an email at the email in our show notes below. And if you can't uh, contact us through our email address, just stick your head out the window and shout. I'm sure, you know, uh, we'll hear you. exactly and don't forget to rate and subscribe and as always don't forget to feel it in your jellies bye bye bye